This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Y'all bring your Bible with you? Hey, I tell you what, I'm, we are so excited about our Faith Life Conference coming up next week, starting on Sunday. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, great lineup of preachers. We've been praying, believing God. I tell you what, I believe God's going to take the roof off, hallelujah, of your life. And you're going to get blessed immeasurably. Hallelujah. So don't you dare miss it. Make sure everybody shows up that you know, that you know, because I'm telling you what, God is going to be here. Glory to God. It's going to be awesome. And then on Tuesday, we've got about, I guess, 25, maybe 30 ministers and their wives that are going to be coming. We're going to spend the morning together and talk about, talk shop, uh, you know, about the future of our churches and the directions that we're going and you know, especially in the aftermath of all this stuff that we've had to deal with here in the last nine, ten months. And, um, you know, in spite of everything that goes on, Jesus' commission never changes. He said to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. So we're just going to uh, be talking about some of those things, and uh, it's going to be a great time. So uh, why don't you pray with us? Believe God anytime, you know, if you're praying, just say, God, bless these ministers, these pastors, their wives, the different ones are going to be here. And um, because I just, I believe next week's going to be an incredibly rich, rich environment for ministry and for uh, learning and for understanding. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that we're not to be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Unfortunately, there's doctrine in the church, you know, it talks about God being mysterious and this and that and the other. Well, we're never going to ever figure out all of what, who God is. But I tell you what, he did give us a book, huh? He did give us some, some inclination, at least, as to what it is that we can know about him. I understand the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but that which is revealed belongs to us and to our children forever. So praise God, let's find out all we can. Amen? I said, let's find out all we can, because he wants us to know. He wants you to know. You know, people a lot of times, they, you know, run up against things, you know, in their life and they don't have answers. And, but, you know, praise God, he said he'd give us his wisdom. Amen. So, you know what? Let's believe him for it. Come on. You know, instead of standing around going, well, I don't know how come God doesn't ever answer my prayers and why, where's he at, you know, and all of that. Praise God, he's right here. He's no further than a breath away. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to uh, <clears throat> Jeremiah uh, chapter t- uh, 31. We're going to be just carrying on with uh, some of the things we talked about last week. I didn't get preached out. And, and uh, you know, talking about the Holy Ghost primarily. And uh, we're going to talk some more about that. So those of you that aren't filled can be. Hallelujah. How many of you know you can be? You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, how's that work? Well, you just have to receive him. Amen. A lot of times people, you know, they're afraid of what they don't understand, but I'm telling you what, we're going to fix some of that tonight. Amen? And that way, praise God, you won't have to be afraid. Glory to God. You know, I, I say this so often, but it's so true. I mean, I served the devil faithfully for 19 years. He never gave me the Holy Ghost. Huh? And people say, well, that's speaking with other tongues, that Holy Ghost, but that's of the devil. Well, I can tell you right now, praise God, that is not true, because I would have got it, Okay? No, I didn't get it till I got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. So anyway, you know, a lot of, lot of things going on out there. If I was a devil, I'd tell people every lie I could come up with too. 
Yes, I would, because I sure enough don't want people being filled with the Holy Ghost. I tell you, there is a dimension in being filled with the Holy Ghost that we know little about. But I tell you what, we're learning. Amen. I mean, there's more. Hallelujah. I think about that a lot, you know, people, you know, and, and uh, uh, what's really unfortunate is, is a lot of folk, they pray to God, but they don't have a relationship with God. I mean, if you know, God wants to have a relationship with you. That's why he sent Jesus, so that, praise God, he could place his spirit in our spirit, and that glory to God, we, we could learn to have communion with him. Glory to God. So anyway, we're going to talk about that here tonight, and I tell you what, uh, I'm excited about what's, what's about to happen. How about you? Huh? Come on now. Glory to God. So let's pray, and we'll get into what I want to share with you this evening. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you again for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Grateful to you, Father God, for what it is that you provided. We thank you for your living word. We thank you, Father, that its entrance into our lives gives light. It gives illumination, Father, to each and every one of us. And Father, I believe tonight that in every heart, every heart, that illumination, Father God, will be granted. That there'll be things that we see that we haven't seen. There may be things, Father, we see and that you've shared with us before, but they're, they're uh, re-emphasized. But Father, I just want to thank you, Father God, that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so we just thank you for your blessing here this evening in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 31. Jeremiah, again, this is probably, uh, well, uh, at least 550 to 600 years before Jesus stepped onto the earth. He prophesied, glory to God. Behold, in verse 31, behold, in other words, look or listen, the days come. How many of you know God never tells a lie? We just got to sing it about his faithfulness. And he's telling us in this verse that the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which covenant my, or which, uh, uh, which my covenant they, they broke, even though I was an husband unto them. Hallelujah. But this is the covenant. Everybody say, this is. This is the covenant. Glory to God. This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, after those days, says the Lord, that I will put my laws in their inward parts. I will write them in their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for thank God they shall all know me. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? I tell you what, you don't have to go to the priest. Glory to God. Thank God for priests. I mean, I'm not pounding the priest. But he said here in this verse of Scripture, they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest. And he said, here's the reason why. Because I'm going to forgive their iniquities and I will remember their sin no more. Thank God not only does he forgive, but he forgets. He throws all of our mess into the uh, sea of forgetfulness. That's why, you know, thank God for the verse of Scripture in 1 John 1, 9. The Bible says that if we confess our sin, in other words, if we make an admission that what we've done is wrong before the Lord, don't have to be before everybody else, 
He said that the Bible says that he, God, is, is faithful. Everybody say he's faithful. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Hallelujah. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I tell you what, thank God for the blood. Only the blood can do that. Only the blood of Jesus can wash the conscience of someone's sin away to where it no longer exists. Hallelujah. Now, you know the devil always come along and try to mess things up, but thank God if you'll walk in the light as he's in the light, then you'll be able to continue having fellowship with Jesus. Amen? He does exactly what he says, and he is faithful to forgive. And so the last thing you want to do is just keep bringing it up and let the devil beat you up, you know. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemning sentence that is brought against the child of God because of the blood. And it's a supernatural kind of thing. Nothing else or no one else can do what God can do in a person's life. Hallelujah. And so it's not a natural kind of thing. It's a supernatural kind of thing. Hallelujah. Everybody say thank God for the supernatural. Now let's look at another verse of Scripture here in Joel chapter 2. And Steve, thanks for keeping an eye on that heat because my wife has not been a happy camper toward the end. So let's keep everybody cozy. Hallelujah. If they go to sleep, we'll just slap them. That's the deal. Okay? We'll keep it warm. You go to sleep, bam! We are going to wake you up. All right? That's the deal. You know, so hallelujah. All right, Joel chapter 2, verse 28. It shall come to pass. I love that. Glory to God. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. He said there'll be uh, I'll show signs and wonders in the heaven and the earth, blood fire, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, hallelujah, shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Thank God for the salvation of God. Now, you know, here's the thing, you guys. The Bible is a prophetic book. And what I mean by that is, is it foretells what is coming in the future. These verses we just referred to, you can see where he said, it is going to come to pass. You say, man, it sure took a long time. Well, that might be. That's not, you know, that's outside my pay grade. I really don't, you know, that's not my deal. He just said, it is going to come to pass that I'm going to write my laws, my word in their hearts, on their hearts, and they will know me. And so we know about the new birth and being born of the Spirit of God. And then Joel, within that same era, he said, there's coming a day afterwards, glory to God, that I am going to pour out. Everybody say, pour out. Pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, glory to God. And then he describes what will take place in these people's lives. So both of these scriptures spoke of a time in the future when God was going to do something 
or, or bring something to pass which you and I have the privilege of actually knowing about within our generation and day. We now understand he was talking about the new birth and about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Significant and life-changing things that would happen to those that would receive, everybody say receive, receive his promise. You know, you'll tell people about Jesus, man, you need, to, you need to know God. You need to repent. You need to ask God to forgive you so you can be born of the Spirit of God. But if they don't receive what it is you just told them, then they're on the outside looking in, and they're without hope in the world. Godless. And the same thing's true about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we're living within the fulfillment of God, of what God said would come to pass. What a privilege. Now for the last 2,000 years, generations have had the privilege of witnessing the fulfillment of what it is that he said that he was going to do. Hallelujah. And you know, God never does anything without a purpose. Did you hear me? I mean, the whole plan of redemption, the sending of Jesus, his son, was all with a definite thought in mind that he would bring many men to salvation and women for that say, you know, point. Hallelujah. So they could be born of the Spirit. But thank God, you know, there's another dimension, not only just in salvation, but being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Did you know Jesus is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Ghost and with fire? Hallelujah. Everybody say fire. 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 Glory to God. What's that mean? That means you got something about you. Come on. You know? John testified. He said, I baptize with water, but there's one that's coming after me, the, the shoe latches of which I am not even worthy to unloose. He is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Glory to God. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, that, that to me is indicative that we're just not laying around, you know, eating marshmallows. Huh? There's something going to happen. Our lives are going to be different. It's no Sid the Sloth imagery, I can tell you that. How many of you know about Sid the Sloth? How many of you don't have a clue about Sid the Sloth? You need to watch, what's that? Ice Age. Ice Age. Sid, you know, he's a sloth. You know, and sloths, they don't get too excited about anything. They move, well, slow motion is putting it mildly. You know, and he was always laying around on the rocks, you know, and just not doing anything. That's not what Jesus is talking about, not in this context. Amen? Praise God. Walking in the fullness of what it is that Jesus has done for us. Child of God, I'm telling you what, there's a dimension that he wants you and I to get our heads and our hearts wrapped around so that we can enjoy. Of all that God has promised... He's promised it to the believer under the new covenant. And it's unfortunate, really unfortunate, that so much of the time the body of Christ is living far below its privileges in Christ. When Christ went to the cross, he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He opened the door to a whole new dimension of living. You know, I mentioned that song, you know, Sunday about, I found a new way of living. A new life divine, love, joy, health, peace, Jesus made them mine. Hallelujah. That's good news. How many of you believe that? 
How about the rest of you? Come on. Glory to God. There's something he's done for you. Well, you know, I mean, I got all this going on and I'm not just the happiest kind of guy. It's probably because you're looking at the wrong thing. That's not even probably. You're looking at the wrong thing, okay? Let's just get right down to where the rubber meets the road. So it's unfortunate, you know, that we don't take advantage of this thing and understand that he opened up this whole new level and dimension of life and living that most Christians aren't taking advantage of. But listen, that can change. Thank God that can, that can change. Come on. You can take it up another notch. You say, yeah, but don't you know about COVID? I don't care about COVID. Don't you know there's a new administration? I don't care there's a new administration. None of that has any bearing whatsoever on the plan and the purpose that God has for you, dear child of God. Get a hold of it. Stop listening to all the noise and start listening to the one praise God that said, I'm going to do a new thing. And I'm going to bring about my plan and purpose. And the kingdom of God is going to steadily advance. And Jesus is coming again. So get yourselves ready. Huh? You know, my wife, when she gets ready in the morning, it takes some time. Right now, I'm in the... A zone where you need to be really careful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, my whole point to this is to say that she takes the time to meticulously do what she does, and I guarantee you she comes, look, comes out of there looking a whole lot better than I do. But I'm telling you, there's things that she has done, time that she has invested. I mean, she's worked to, to get wherever it is that she's going. Are you listening to me? How am I doing, honey? Okay. Well, anyway, the whole point to this, the whole point to this, I don't even know what the point is. The point is, Jesus is coming. You better get ready. And don't do no slipshod kind of work. Put it on and get ready. Because Jesus is coming again. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You know, when Peter was writing, I mean, not that long after Jesus ascended up on high, he said, you know, people will scoff and they'll say, well, where is the sign of his coming? Where is this promise you're talking about? Everything continues as it is. But I'm telling you what, dear friend, there's coming a day when everybody's thinking that everything is just the same and it's going to change that quick. Paul wrote when he was writing, he said, there is going to come a change in the twinkling of an eye, in, an, in a moment. Well, you ain't got time to put on your best look then. Huh? You better have done what you need to do. Dude, we're living in the last days. We're living in the end of the age. Jesus is standing on the threshold of a door that God is going to open and he's going to say, go get your bride. So the last thing you want to do is still be in bed with bedhead and whatever and not ready. You getting this imagery? It's pretty good. I never even thought about all this until right now. <laughs> now we need to come to know the reality of all that Jesus has provided and so, you know, here's the thing, man. If you don't, you go through life living less, having less than God's best. 
You know, I tell you what, Jesus implored his disciples, oh, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe me for the very work's sake, the things that I tell you, I tell you the truth. And yet, you know, I mean, sometimes in talking to people, I mean, dear God, you've got to have dynamite to get a movement out of them. Don't be those people. Be quick to believe all that has been spoken, that the prophets have said. You know, isn't that what Jesus told those two guys? Oh, slow of heart. Don't be slow of heart. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. Eh, I don't know about all that stuff. You know, they get pretty excited down there, you know, and they get all whipped up into shape and whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Man, don't miss out. I said, don't miss out. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is having a party, and you're down there someplace having in the mully grubs, trying to figure out how come, you know, Jesus isn't treating you the way you think he should. This has nothing really to do with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but it's pretty good anyway. Huh? If there's one thing that I want to share with you this evening, if there's a controlling thought that I can try to convey to you this evening with regard to this. Now, I could get interrupted. That's very much possible. But I, I, I want us to grasp the full measure of what Jesus has provided for the believer in these last days. He made it possible. And he wants you or all of us to know that we have everything we need. You got it, baby. Come on. He provided it. For, well, it sure don't look. It doesn't make any difference what it looks like. I mean, what we need to do is find out what it is he's done and believe that and walk in the light of it. He's provided everything that we need to stand and to stand powerfully and to stand victoriously. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. Like I said, man, I'm telling you, there is so much significance in terms of power that is wrapped up in, number one, the new birth and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, Jesus, he talked about it. He talked with his disciples about it. And he tried to, you know, get it to them, but he said, there's a lot of things I'd like to tell you, but you cannot bear, the King James used the word bear, or understand now. But when the Holy Ghost comes, buddy, you're going to get it. Huh? He's done it. For you. Well, you know, now, see, and that's the thing. The devil, he'll get up on somebody's shoulder and say, you know what? He's talking about everybody else but you. You don't qualify. You don't get it. You, you're without. Well, I'll tell you what, he's a liar. Everyone means you're the one. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon what? Say it again. All. Everyone means you're the one. I'm the one. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. I have his power. I mean, he's made his power available to you. I mean, when Jesus talked about this, I mean, listen, you guys. His disciples were changed men. I mean, when, 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 when the hammer came down on Jesus giving his life as a ransom, dude, they headed for the woods. They were scattered. But I'm telling you, on the day of Pentecost, Peter and the rest of them stood up and they were new men. 
and new women that were fearless, that were confident, that were people, praise God, that were marked by the blood. Glory to God forevermore. And I tell you what, he's done the same thing for you and me. We just need to realize it. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. So after his resurrection, Jesus said this. He said, listen. He said, I'm going to send the promise of my Father so that you can receive power. Everybody say power. power. What's that mean? That means ability. That means something that, and I'm not talking about physical strength. Nothing changes in your anatomy or anything of that nature when it comes to these things that Jesus promised. I'm not talking about your academic or your mental capacities per se. But I'm talking about the spiritual being, the spiritual side of you, who, you know, your existence and the Spirit of God living in your spirit. Glory to God if we could just get our hearts and our heads wrapped around what it is that he's done. We would be different men and women. Woo, glory to God. We could live differently. We wouldn't have a sad song. I mean, we get out of bed, bless God, bounce out of there and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When's the last time that happened? Huh? Say, well, I just don't think I got all that. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm preaching to you, trying to help you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every every once in a while, you know, John will get up ahead of me it's dark in the in the bedroom you know and and she starts you know moving across the bedroom and i'll say watch out devil she's up (laughs) hallelujah you know in acts chapter 2 verse 1 the bible says that when the day of pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly There came a sound from heaven, glory to God, and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and sat upon each of them, glory to God. Woo, glory to God, wouldn't that have been a day? And the Bible says they were all, everybody say all. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God, as the Spirit of God, as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Woo! They did the speaking, he gave the utterance. That's the other thing, you know. I said this last week, people think, you know, God's just gonna take them over, you know, and they're gonna be out of control and they're just gonna speak. No, dude, you do the speaking. He gives you what you need to say. Are you listening to me? That's why people, they get all knotted up, choked up, and whatever. Glory to God. Just receive what it is that he has. And by faith, praise God, go after it. Hallelujah. It's good stuff. He said, behold, I send the promise of my Father. Behold, I send the promise of my Father. And wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with, what's the next word? Power from on high. To be endued or to be clothed. Like a garment that gets put on you. Glory to God forevermore. I preach myself happy, man. Thank you, Jesus. 
The arrival of that promise occurred 51 days after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. That's why we get the word Pentecost. You know, penta means five, 51 days, okay? I don't have time to get into all that. But on that 51st day, glory to God, God showed up. And this thing busted out on the streets, man. People say, what is going on? Don't expect the world to understand being filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus told us, he said, they will not accept or grasp the baptism of the Holy Ghost or anything about the Holy Ghost because they don't know him. You can't know the Holy Ghost unless you got him on the inside of you. And you don't get him on the inside of you until you receive eternal life and ask God to forgive you and come into your heart and make him your Lord. Boy, when that happens, man, things start to change. Now, uh, are you there in Acts chapter 2? I've kind of been preaching, don't know what I did or said. But look in Acts chapter 2 with me in the New Testament here. And uh, notice what it says. Acts chapter 2. Glory to God. I just got done quoting to you, you know, there about uh, one through four. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues in verse four. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Now I got to look at my notes because I'm all over the place here. So what I wanted to mention to you is, is when this happened, Jesus, or not Jesus, but Peter began to bear witness of what was going on. Because they said, man, these people are drunk. He said, oh, no, they're not drunk like you think. It's only 9 in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So now he's, gonna, he's quoting what it is that we just got in reading in chapter 2. So he's, he's, he's bearing witness or he's testifying that what you're seeing, what you're experiencing, what you're hearing is the fulfillment of what Joel said would come to pass. Hallelujah. So I don't know how in the world we get some kind of mistaken idea about this is of the devil. Are you listening to me? Unregenerate people and people that are just don't know the Bible are the ones that pitch that stuff. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Glory to God forevermore. So, so notice with me here. Well, <clears throat> let's read because I tell you what, you'll get blessed just reading the Bible. Look at verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice. He said to them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, I want you to know today, listen to what I'm telling you. Come on, these are not drunk like you think. See, and it's only nine in the morning. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it will come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters, they'll prophesy. Your young men will uh, see visions. Your old men will dream dreams on my handmaidens or uh, servants and handmaidens. I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they'll prophesy. Woo, glory to God. I'll show wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, and blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness. We just got done reading this, didn't we? He's quoting it. He's quoting it to them. Now notice it says in verse 21, it'll come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, then he got to preaching about them and, uh, you know, what it is that God had done and so on and so forth. Now drop down to verse 37. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? 
What shall we do? And Peter, he gave him a real simple, you know, lesson. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall, what's that word? What is it? You shall receive, listen, you shall receive the gift. Everybody say gift. Gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, if Jesus is wanting to give you a gift, why wouldn't you take it? The only reason could be is because of something that you don't know or something that you've learned that's wrong. Huh? I mean, this is, this is, this is incredible. This is an awesome thing that God is offering to whosoever that will. Now, notice it goes on to say here, now he said in verse 39, for the promise, here we go, talking about this promise again, is to you, your children, and to as many as are far off, that's a Jewish idiom for people that are not Jews, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Listen, say it with me, everyone means I'm the one. I'm telling you, everyone means you're the one. And I tell you what, praise God, the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. You know, I mean, if we're going to be, you know, uh, charged or if we're going to be, you know, whatever, that, that we're a bunch of holy rollers, come on, let's, let's give them some, some evidence. Let's get guilty. Huh? Let's be different. You know? Well, you don't want to spook them. They're already spooked, dude. You don't have to worry about that. I mean, people are already spooked. Uh, they don't know what to think. And you come along, you say, well, wow, man, they're pretty fanatical. I tell you what, though, glory to God, what a ride. Hallelujah. You get drunk in the Holy Ghost, wake up the next day and not be hungover. That's pretty good. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the Bible, it teaches an experience that's subsequent to being born again called being baptized or being filled with the Holy Ghost. You look at it in your Bible. Don't take it from me. Don't take my word for it. Read the word of God, just what we got done doing. Look at this verse of Scripture with me. You got time? Good, because we're taking it anyway. All right, look at Acts chapter 8. Turn over there. Get your beady little eyes on this word that we're reading. Notice here in Acts chapter 8, verse 5, the Bible says that Philip went down to, uh, where'd he go? Samaria, and preached Christ unto them. In verse 6, and the people with one accord, they gave heed to the things that Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, many taken with palsies or crippling paralysis, and that were lamed were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God. Cast the devil out of them and healed them. Glory to God. Yeah. Now, notice this. Let's start with verse 12. Just I got to uh, cut some time here. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized both men and women. And Simon, who was a sorcerer into the occult, himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered and behold the miracles and signs which were done. Now look at this in verse 14. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had received, everybody say received. They received the word of God. They received this thing we call salvation, glory to God. And they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them. When they were come down, prayed for them. I said they came down and prayed for them that they might what? 
that they might receive. Everybody say receive. See, you gotta receive what it is that God is offering you. So they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And then when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the apostles, see, it doesn't say that they spoke with other tongues, but something happened. And this sorcerer, this occult guy, he says, hey, man, uh, can I buy this? He said, your money perish with you because you have thought that the gift of God, everybody say gift, could be purchased with money. Yeah. Now, let's look at chapter 9. This is about Saul, actually the apostle Paul, who wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. You know, um, he was arrested there on the road to Damascus, and Jesus, I tell you, Jesus snatched him up, glory to God. Hey, listen, you guys, don't worry about it, man. I'm telling you what, God can do something. I mean, in five seconds, man, he can rock this world, and he's going to. Are you listening to me? He's down on his way to Damascus. He's got papers from the Sanhedrin, and they're going to go down there, man, and they're going to try to persecute the church, and Jesus shows up. He said, why do you persecute me? He says, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus who you persecute. You know, when people persecute you, they're persecuting Jesus. He takes it personal. Huh? Well, you know, there he ends up, you know, in Damascus and waits. And, and uh, notice with me, if you will, let's see here. Look with me, uh, verse... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Verse 17, I guess, we just kind of jump in here. Well, no, back up. He, he speaks with Ananias. He says, I want you, I got a mission for you. And Ananias, when he tells him what it is, he goes, <laughs> I don't think I want to go. How many of you ever heard from heaven and said, I don't think I want to go? Huh? We all have. Hey, I want you to talk to that person. I want you to give them some money. I want you to minister to them. I want you to pray for them. I want you to, you know, whatever. We've all failed, okay? But thank God we're not going to fail much anymore. I said we're not going to fail much anymore. I mean, when he tells us, man, we're going to say, here, my Lord, come on, I'm ready. Well, you know, he'd heard about Saul, and he knew all about him. And the last thing he wanted to do is expose his devotion to Jesus because he would be one who Saul would have incarcerated and probably most likely taken his life. So, you know, we're putting it all on the line here. Now, notice what it says here. Uh, he said, I've heard about him. In verse 14, he has authority from the chief priests and all that call uh, to bind everyone who calls on your name. But the Lord said to him, go your way. He's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went. I said, Ananias went. I said, Ananias went. You gotta, you gotta think about this with me. Glory to God. I mean, these are men and women just like you and I. And God speaks to him. He says, this is what I want you to do. He says, I don't want to do that. He says, hey, go for it. He's, he's, he's the man. Come on. You know, what if Ananias wouldn't have done it? Well, I guess God would have got somebody else. Huh? Don't let somebody else do your job. Huh? Don't miss out. I mean, come on. And so Ananias in verse 17 went his way, entered to the house, put his hands on him, and said, now listen, what's the next two words? Brother Saul. Brother Saul. What's that mean? Well, you don't call somebody that doesn't know Jesus a brother, right? 
So he's been born again. Huh? But notice what it says here. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to thee in the way as you came, he has sent me that you might receive. Everybody say receive. Yeah, receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So what's my point? Well, you know, again, people say, well, I'm, I'm saved. I know Jesus, you know, I got a relationship with him, you know, and that's good enough. Well, not according to the Bible. We need to get filled. It's one thing to be born of the Spirit. It's another thing to be filled with the Spirit. Y'all here, you gone home. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, so there's things. Okay, I got one more. Listen to this. Man, wouldn't you like to have been in this meeting? Turn to Acts chapter uh, 10. Acts chapter 10. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, this is, again, supernatural. You know, Cornelius is minding his own business. An angel says, I want you to send a Joppa for a guy by the name of Simon Peter. He's going to tell you words whereby you and your household can get saved. You know, now, you have to understand Cornelius was a uh, proselyte into the Jewish religion. I, he was a Roman soldier, I believe. And, uh, and so, uh, supernaturally, he gets visited by this angel, and the angel tells him to go send for this guy. He's going to come. Well, in the meantime, Peter, he's down in Joppa. He's up on top of the roof. The Bible says he was hungry, but they didn't get, you know, grub ready. So he went upstairs to pray, fell into a trance, seen this vision. He sees this vision, you know, and after it's over with, he's trying to figure out what it means. Well, he finds out, praise God, that, that God's got something for him. He said, three men seek thee, go, go with them, doubting nothing. So he brings about six or seven other Jews with him because he knows he's getting, he's getting ready to go into a deal here because the Jews didn't have any dealings with, us, with the Gentiles, okay? But right here in this moment on chapter 10, glory to God, that whole thing's going to change. So he goes into Cornelius' house. You're still with me? Notice what it says here. It says here, uh, da 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 da. Well, <clears throat> verse 42, we'll just jump in the middle of this. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness, talking about Jesus, that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive the remission of sins. And while Peter yet spake these words, oh, I would have loved to have been there. He's preaching and the Holy Ghost interrupts him. While he yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell on just some of them. No, fell on all of them, which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, these other six guys or seven or whatever that were with Peter, which believed were astonished as many as had come with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out, what's that, the what? The what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. How do we know that, Pastor Mike? Because, in verse 46, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. <laughs> Woo! That is so good, you guys. Come on. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I got to get down to something else here. Here's the thing you need to understand. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is not just an experience. Yes, it, it, you know, it's an experience. 
You talk to Sammy. She got filled with the Holy Ghost this Sunday, didn't you? You want to share a little bit about that? No. She comes down after the service. She was in our Wednesday night service. She comes down after the service. She says, I, need, I want to get filled with the Holy Ghost right now. I said, well, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost right now. And so she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And when she, you know, when she got filled with the Holy Ghost, she goes, whoo, whoo, whoo. <laughs> Glory to God. Spoke with other tongues. Glory to God. How many of you know Jesus wants all of us to be filled with the Spirit? She said, I wanted to come Wednesday night, but I was tied to my pew. Well, she decided to untie herself. Huh? And probably a lot of other folk feel the same kind of way, but I tell you what, glory to God. I mean, we've been having services, you guys. We've got people that are getting saved. We had a couple people that got saved. We got about six, seven people came back to God. One got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God's moving. I said he's moving. I want in on this. How about you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let me, let, me, let me get down to this deal right here that I want to talk about. Because the Holy Ghost has been given to the church. Jesus told me this last week. I was sitting and I was preparing. He spoke to my heart and he said this. The Holy Ghost has been given to the church as a supply for victory or victorious living. But few take advantage of it. And you say, what in the world is speaking with other tongues have to do with victory? Listen to me. You've got to understand this. And that is the simple fact that, you know, being filled with the Holy Ghost isn't just an experience where you speak with other tongues. Okay? I mean, that's, you know, evidence and, uh, you know, the initial evidence. It is an equipping. It is an empowering that comes upon the believer to help you and I navigate. Are you listening to me? See, you know, when, when, the, when the disciples in Acts chapter 1 were asking Jesus about everything that was going on, he said, it's not given to you to know the times and the seasons that God has placed within his own hands, but you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Huh? You shall actually, he said, you shall receive Power, everybody say power. power, power, dunamis, ability, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. witnesses. Yeah, you'll be witnesses unto me. So what does that mean? You know, I mean, does that mean, you know, that we have the power of God flowing through us to other people in their lives when we pray or things of that nature? Yes, that's a witness. But you know, it's also a witness for you to be able to live victoriously as a believer and let the rest of the world see, hey man, there is peace in that cat. There's joy in their hearts. There's love where they live. I want some of that. So when you talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost, dear friend, it'll help you. Huh? You know, when Paul was writing in Ephesians 5, he said, don't be drunk with wine wearing success. You know, people go out, they, they anesthetize themselves. That's not the right, anesthetize, whatever they are. Some, some medical person can figure that out for me. But you know, <clears throat> they, they do it all the time. I mean, right now with all this COVID stuff, people are getting just, I mean, what are they doing? They're trying to get away. They're running away. Well, thank God I got a great substitute for that. Huh? And you don't have to run away. 
called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled. Be being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in psalms and hymns to yourselves and singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. Giving thanks unto the Father. We just need to let him out. I said we just need to let him out. I'm going to close. I want to read these verses of Scripture to you in John chapter 14, and then we're going to pray for anybody that wants to get filled with the Spirit. Look at this. This is what Jesus said. I mean, I mean, there's so much stuff here that I could talk about. We could be here till I don't know when. But notice this, John chapter 14. Listen to, to, to what Jesus said. And here's the thing, you know, I, I, again, if there's anything you can get out of this, I'm telling you what, there is a new way for the child of God to live, to live like Jesus lives. He wasn't, you know, I mean, he had all kinds of things come against him. But, you know, he just didn't react, you know, oh, my God, what am I going to do? No, he responded to it in the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's what God wants you to do. That's what he wants me to do. You know, when the bad report comes, we can say, well, hey, praise God, let us go up at once, for we are well able to take it. Glory to God, you know. But you can't do that unless you know him and you walk with him. Are you with me? And, and, and the thing is, is that he wants us to know this, you know. He said, man, how long have I been with you? How long do I need to put, come on, get it, please get it. Well, you know, he said, again, there's things I'd like to share with you, but you can't bear them, but thank God. We're on the backside of that, so we got no excuse. Huh? Notice some of the things he said, and then we'll pray. Notice this in John chapter 14. Uh, let's, uh, let's look at uh, verse 15. Jesus is speaking, and he said, If you love me, he said, keep my commandments. In other words, just be a, become a doer of the word. People say, oh, I love Jesus. But then they don't live for him. You know what? They don't love Jesus. They love themselves. Huh? It's kind of like that deal. You know, they pray to God, but they don't, you know, they don't have a relationship with God. You with me? So he said, if you love me, that's the acid test, you guys. Do I really love Jesus? I'll tell you, if you really do, it's if you're doing his word. You put away sin and, you know, all the different things, you know, or whatever. Praise God. He is the Lord. And our lives are supposed to glorify him in what we do and say and so on and so forth. So he said, if you love me, keep my words or keep my commandments and I will pray or ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. And then he defines who that is, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. King James says receive, it might say accept. Um, they can't grasp it. Another definition of not receiving it is that they, they, can't, they can't take hold of it. Holy what? You know, all of you probably, if you've ever been in a conversation and something is good is said and you say, well, praise God. People that don't know Jesus, that, I mean, you know, dude, you got to pick them back up off the floor. Praise what? No, praise God. Why? It comes out of you. I said it comes out of you. It's a pretty natural thing just to praise God, you know? And then they go, <laughs> you know, they don't even know how to act. 
That's why Jesus said, you know, when it comes to these things, you've got to understand the world is not going to accept or be able to grasp. So if you're going to please them, if you want to keep them happy, dude, you're out. You're disqualified. You know, that's all there is to it. Well, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. Dude, people are offending people every day. Huh? Jesus said, does, does this offend you? Huh? You know, I mean, you, you with me? You say, yeah, but they're going to think you're nuts. Well, like I said. So he said, the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him. This is verse 17. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you. Huh? Some translations say I won't leave you as an orphan. In other words, I'm not going to leave you without parent, you know, without your parent. Huh? That's awesome. He's our parent. He's our father. Isn't that right? So good. Look at uh, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Um, <clears throat> look at chapter, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chapter 15 for the sake of time here. Is that right? Yeah. Look at verse 26 with me real quickly. It says this, But when the Comforter, again talking about the Holy Spirit, <laughs> When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father. Listen to this. He shall what? He shall testify of me. And then it goes on in 27, and, which is a conjunction, you also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So what I find interesting about that is, is that the Holy Ghost is going to bear witness and so are you. So there may be signs and wonders and things that are going on and people getting healed. You come next week, dude, people get healed. It's going to be a great atmosphere for people to get saved, filled, and healed in Jesus' name. Amen? So, So when we read this, you know, Jesus talking about this comforter, and he's telling him he's going to testify of me. And you also will be witnesses as well. Now, to, to conclude, look at uh, chapter 16. And notice in verse um, 7, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And, um, well, look at verse 1. He said, these things I've spoken unto you that, that you should not be offended. Huh? They're going to put you out of synagogues. There's going to be a time come when they kill you and think that they're doing God's service. We don't know anything about that. Huh? I remember Lester Summerall, late Lester Summerall, he says, you know, I've been looking for someone to take my life. I just can't find anybody. He says, well, because he wanted a martyr's reward. He says, if they take my life, praise God, we get up there to heaven, you guys can, you guys can shine my golden boots. You have to know Lester, you know, but, but uh, uh, you know, most people don't think like that, huh? If anybody ever takes your life, uh, they've done you a favor if you're a child of God. You with me? You don't much like me. You don't like, you don't like that idea, but really, I'm telling you, it's good. Everybody that's ever went to heaven, none of them want to come back. Any testimony you hear of anybody that's had a visitation from God or went to heaven and come back, they don't want to come back. Huh? So there's something that awaits us. Anyway, that's beside the point. Notice here, he says, I tell you the truth in verse 7. 
It's to your advantage. It's expedient for you I go away, because if I don't, the Comforter won't come. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Glory to God. Yes. Now notice verse 13. Well, verse 12. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he's going to guide you. Everybody say guide. He's going to guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. And he's going to show you things to come. He'll glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he'll show it to you. So I guess all I'm saying is, you guys, Jesus paid an incredible price so that you and I could have the fullness of the Spirit within our lives. Amen. And when he paid that price, praise God, he talked about it. He said, um, this here is something that is going to help you and bless you and empower you to be able to live the Jesus kind of life. And it comes through and by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So, as I, I mentioned earlier, we're going to pray here in just a moment. But if you've never been filled with the Spirit, never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, tonight is your night. Hallelujah. Don't wait like Sammy. I mean, she got it. Glory to God. But you might as well just come down here and get it. You know, we can take the lid off and everybody flies out. You know how it is? Somebody's beating up on that thing, you know, and finally somebody breaks through and bam, away we go. So for those of you that are watching us, you know, via the internet, I want to thank you so much for being a part of the service this evening. Trust you were blessed in the Word of God. We look forward to seeing you here. Praise God, live and in color right here at the church. Come for our conference, our Faith Life Conference. It's going to be awesome, and we appreciate you being with us here tonight. God bless you. Hallelujah.